Hey, Shakes Pals. Happy Thursday. Going to keep this short today because the episode is a little longer than usual, but it was so much fun. A couple things coming up on Sunday, March 21st. We are doing another Sketching Shakespeare that is at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Monday night, March 22nd, we are doing another live episode. We've got Will Candler on to do the most hammable moment. Um, And I I am so excited. You are not going to want to miss that one. It is going to be full of laughs and full of drama. Um, So please tune in to twitch.tv slash srsbiz underscore network. Um, This week's episode is all about Marvel's WandaVision. So it's going to be, there are going to be a couple spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead and do that now. But it was really fun to record and I hope you all enjoy it. Congratulations to Chris Casey for winning last week's episode argument that Duke Senior and Rosalind would be the family they most wanted to be a part of. Um, Weird that it won against Titus, but I did think Joanna brought a really good argument against that with the Antiphilopodes, Antiphili, the comedy of errors, folks. Um, Thank you so much to Chris and Joe for coming on and being part of our first live show. Remember to spread the word about this podcast if you like it. Visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash p2mpod and just tell all your friends who love Shakespeare because we want them to love us and we love that you love us. So (laughs) thanks for being here and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so today's episode is exciting and different. Um, m- welcome to my guest, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really glad to be here, Steph. Uh, Thank you for inviting me into your home uh, to record this very special in-person episode. Y'all will hopefully remember Mike from our very first episode, uh, our best couple episode where we did not talk about Much Ado About Nothing, even though it is our collective favorite Shakespeare play. Uh, Mike also is my fiance, so it's going to be fun to uh, talk about... TV shows we love and plays we love in one sweet format. Um, we're talking WandaVision today. I was, I was so excited when you brought this up and like uh, tried my best to play it cool and not like beg myself onto your show. Listeners, he did not play it cool. I was like, um, you know, I'm thinking about uh, a WandaVision episode and, you know, here are a couple people that I, I was thinking about asking. And he was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no that's that's yeah no i mean oh gosh that's such whoever gets to go on is so lucky and i was like oh are you <laughs> i mean i feel that way i feel lucky <laughs> i was like oh you want to do this one um <laughs> yes uh audience yes i did so uh for all of you who have made it this far there will be spoilers after this point in the episode for WandaVision. Um, we're not going to hold back any spoilers. Uh, we're not going to super talk about WandaVision too much. It, this, you kind of relying on the fact that you've watched it, maybe. Um, yeah. But... If you haven't... Uh... <laughs> Pause. Right. 
go watch WandaVision, and then hit play. Oh, we're so glad to have you back. Welcome back. We hope you have your Kleenex uh, bundled up on the couch beside you, and there is a ring from a glass of wine on your coffee table. What a ride, right? (laughs) Um, So there will be some spoilers, and... Obviously, spoilers for Shakespeare plays, but like I think that were. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't read Much Ado, pause. We're so happy to have you back. <laughs> what a ride. Tissues and wine, right? Um, so we both, uh, Mike and I both loved WandaVision. We love the MCU, but what's more is that both of us kind of grew up with TV land on all 24 seven in our houses. So those classic sitcoms were just ingrained into our childhoods. And so much of that nostalgia was just what like absolutely drew us into WandaVision. Um, For the Euro fans uh, listening to the show right now, TV land was a special uh, segment on Nickelodeon where they would play classic television. Uh, basically, after the kids went to bed, they would play sitcoms from like uh, 8, 8 p.m. until, you know, TV went off. And then it, it they got their own channel. Yeah, and so it's <laughs> kind of like uh, all the greatest hits of American sitcom history. Yeah, uh, it's it's it was my childhood, and we found out when WandaVision started, I found out it was Mike's childhood, too. Um, so having that love of classic sitcoms and then having these characters that, I mean, Wanda is my favorite character in the MCU, probably just because like I found her story so beautiful and tragic and this just catapulted that into a new whole universe. (laughs) So we decided to do Shakespeare with it, um, which today we are going to take, uh, we're each going to take a character from a Shakespeare play and we're going to go through their like their moment of grief um so if you think about Wanda's uh Wanda's loss and that when she walks into that space that was meant to be their home just that absolute outpouring of grief that created this hex (laughs) uh this entire universe um we're gonna talk about their kind of low point their moment of grief and their journey through sitcom land. So not necessarily following the same happy family arc of what WandaVision did with their sitcom choices, but like what those characters want their ideal world and their ideal life to be through those decades. Yeah, so basically um, we picked two characters from Much Ado. uh, (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And we said, okay, if they had universe controlling powers <laughs> and a wealth of American sitcoms <laughs> at their disposal, what would their decades or like segmentation look like for their own experience mm-hmm. and the things that they find important? Yeah. And so I'm so excited for this one. Me too. Me too. I've been like geeking out about it so hard. Um, do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Okay, perfect. Because uh, I'm excited to hear. In true, uh, in true Benedict fashion, <laughs> I would love to go first. Uh, it strikes me as a dude who never finishes last. <laughs> okay, so now when we when we talk about Much Ado, it's a comedy, right? Sure. It's a comedy because it ends in weddings. Um, <laughs> is that but... the definition of Shakespeare comedy? It is. Yeah. <laughs> if it ends in death, it's a tragedy, and if it ends in weddings, it's a it's a comedy. <laughs> Great. 
that's why you've got like um uh like merchant of venice is a comedy and you're reading it and you're like this is not sir excuse me sir <laughs> i'm not laughing this joke's not funny <laughs> none of this is funny um but uh, yeah shakespearean comedy center on on weddings um so take like take me through benedict's tragedy where does his grief come from yeah uh i so this is something that I didn't explore at all when I played Benedict in the Walking Shadow production of uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And it hung with me the whole time that uh, right at the very beginning of the play, uh, Beatrice hears Benedict's come into town and she's like, oh, great. I wonder uh, I wonder what friend of his he's got. Who's his like new Every sworn week. brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically implying that like Benedict is flighty and like is always swapping out best bros <laughs> to me i immediately read that line as benedict is a soldier he has a new sworn brother every week what happened to the old ones Ugh. and that's the tragedy for me is that like everyone that benedict gets close to on the battlefield isn't coming home this is like i i am i just got like sweaty and teary <laughs> like just thinking about that because it puts this character in such a different context because like if he is losing people left right and center like that grief and like that yeah of course he's not going to want to get married of course he's not going to want to let someone get close to him because like he's experienced so much loss and oh and like to to take that further right you have to be a certain level of shielded from your emotions about death to be able to respond in jokes to oh and how many has he killed sure because i will eat all that he has killed or whatever whatever beatrice's line is right like you have to have separated so fully from death in battle that that's something you joke about oh god and as a, a couple here you and i that hide behind jokes <laughs> what? uh it strikes me a hundred percent uh that that is his tragedy that is his trauma oh my god and his grief that he is pushing away through the rest of his life uh, like uh, i'm I'm I feel like I need to stop this conversation and like direct a new production of <laughs> much, ado. <laughs> much ado about everything. Honestly, like that it it totally contextualizes the character in a way that I've never seen. And I mean maybe like that has informed some actors, like maybe that's been part of their arc or part of their journey, but like bringing that to the table before the action of the play is uh <sighs> All right. Yeah, um... <laughs> I wanted to do a fun sun summer like uh, we're out in the park show, so I just ignored oh, yeah. it. Yeah, that wasn't the show for it, <laughs> y'all. We uh, cross country rehearsals through Zoom before doing rehearsals on Zoom is the only way you could do them. Um, and then we all got together and rehearsed one day in a park. We were like, "Yeah, you go on stage when you want to." And then we did the show the next day. It was wild, and it was definitely not the time for <laughs> deep seated no. uh, emotional exploration. But it was very fun. And I think this is a really cool way you could take that character. And so because of that, uh, 
Benedict is also a fan of sitcoms mm-hmm. uh, in this premise, right? And so Benedict's sitcoms start in the 60s okay. with Get Smart. <gasps> Okay. Like, is that not the most no, perfect not. Benedict sitcom? Yeah. Uh, like, you've just got, Ma- like, he is Maxwell Smart, and Beatrice is Agent 99. Sure. And the way they play off each other, like, Beatrice is so much more ready uh, pretty much all the time than Benedict is, right? But, mm. like, he happens to luck through it with charm and grace. Yeah, he's that kind, like, he's going to wink and get through it, uh, even if someone is really, like, giving him 10 fingers to to step up like he's the one who gets yeah up the wall like that's and so get smart to me is just the slam dunk choice for yeah. like the start of benedict's arc i uh, love that and so season or episode one is like is the get smart episode and then episode two is three's company in the 70s <laughs> uh like he's he fancies himself a ladies man uh he may or may not actually be and when he gets thrown into his dream scenario uh in this case it's being back with beatrice in a place where he can safely like connect with her again uh and in john ritter's case it's two girls you know like uh neither of them know what to do with it right they're they're dogs that caught cars like well okay now what uh, is like the whole that's the whole start of Benedict's arc right when in much ado is like okay now what mm-hmm. I do love nothing so much as you right like he's just like <laughs> okay I don't know what else there is to it yeah okay that's fun and I think the um like just the it's the same from get smart like the back and forth it's all centered around witty banter right um where like his banter is not quite as witty like he's a little you know he's a little slower a little um uh blunter sure more blunt there you go is the word yeah yeah blunter sorry (laughs) y'all one of us has a shakespeare about uh wow one of us has a podcast about shakespeare and the other one talks about pokemon like they're real (laughs) you decide who's who audience (laughs) Um, okay, so Get Smart, Three's Company. I like it. Uh, and then Cheers is my mm-hmm. 80s. Uh, it, it just, I mean, Benedict and his bros are the Cheers gang, uh, yeah. constantly sitting around in a bar where everybody knows them, talking about the things they used to do. So it's funny because Cheers was almost my 80s sure. choice as well. Um, yeah, because Beatrice could also be at the bar. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just the perfect, it's the perfect, uh, uh, sincere bro. Yeah. Gang. Right. (laughs) Um, and then transitioning into the nineties, uh, it's Seinfeld. It's always (laughs) Seinfeld. The nineties and Benedict together, like, uh, George Costanza in, Shakespearean times would absolutely have had an ex-girlfriend tell him to kill his best friend. Like it just would have happened to him. And then he'd have gone to Jerry and he'd have been like, Jerry, can you believe it? Like it just, it is a Seinfeld episode in Ruffles. (laughs) So a Seinfeld episode. (laughs) Fair. 
God, Jerry, those shirts, man. <laughs> um, this one, the the 2000s was really hard for me, sure. uh, for Benedict, because the answer is Entourage, and I don't want the answer to be Entourage. <laughs> now, tell me a little bit. Entourage is a show I've never seen. So tell me, like, why you didn't want it to be Entourage and why it has to be Entourage. Uh, you remember the 2000s, right? You remember bros in the 2000s? Yeah. Um, Entourage was the bro show in the 2000s. It's about a kid from, like, I think Jersey who uh, gets a job on a movie and then blows up and he oh. takes all his friends to LA and they just like live the rock star lifestyle. It's, it's Marky Mark's story. Sorry. Oh, no. uh, Mark Wahlberg's story. I feel like I conflate Mad Men and Entourage. I thought Entourage was like a serious, like, no God, it's, oh. it's a party TV show. <laughs> it's six, it's six years, six seasons in a movie of oh, a party God. TV show uh, where it's basically like white boy wish fulfillment the whole time. I had the entire wrong impression of what that show was. It's really fun. Okay. Uh, which makes me really mad to like it so much. <laughs> like I'm embarrassed about how much I enjoy it. Now I understand why you like didn't want that. Cause I was like, I was thinking if it had that Mad Men vibe, like that would be, that would be cool. That would be something that he wanted, you know, but like. Yeah, no, it's like beat up the beat party yeah it's boys. jersey shore yeah 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 okay turned la like oh. <laughs> like what if you gave a bunch of bros way too much money and then just let them do it right like yeah. and almost without consequence okay. which is kind of benedict's whole life sure uh and He's so got that's, that funky bunch yeah 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 <laughs> uh i don't think i've ever heard anyone refer to uh claudio as the funky bunch <laughs> uh but now i can't shake it uh so sorry just him though just <laughs> don pedro is just too cool for any of it it's just it's just benedict and the funky bunch and the funky bunch is just claudio <laughs> Yeah. And Claudio would be like, yeah, I'm the funky bunch. Leonardo is desperate to get into the Cla <laughs> the funky bunch. Don't get me wrong. But he's just too old. He's uh he's Adrian brother Adrian Brody's older brother in Entourage. Uh that means nothing to you. Not uh, to me, but listeners, I bet it means something to right. you. Uh Johnny whoever. I keep wanting to say Johnny Tsunami and I feel like that's not right. <laughs> I can't imagine that's right. <laughs> that sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> In, but it was the 2000s, so. Speaking of cartoons, uh, my 2010s would be either Archer, the cartoon about a super spy who takes himself too seriously and is also a moron and also super witty, or How I Met Your Mother. Oh, no. And I can't decide <laughs> if Benedict is Ted Mosley. So. Or if he's... Uh, Archer? No. Um, oh. Neil Patrick Harris's character. Oh, 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 in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so I think that 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 makes more sense for How I Met Your Mother because, like, I heard How I Met Your Mother and I was like, Mike, this is an ideal. <laughs> this is – nobody wants to be Ted Mosby. No. And so, like, this uh, – going through these sitcoms like if this is your if this is the world you've built for yourself you're not gonna make you're not gonna cast yourself as ted mosby i mean maybe you do though because you end up with kobe smothers 
So. Wow. We didn't warn against spoilers for how I met your mother. Shoot, audience. We are Crap. so uh, sorry. Rewind that. Forget it. Pause. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome back. Um. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, yeah, I think that's fair. Um. I just, I feel like Archer fits. Sure. Because it has that same, almost same style as Get Smart, just in a totally different context so i think the idea of it coming full circle in that way is really really fun um to think about and uh look at how that just in a in a meta tv way look at how that character how that like how maxwell smart turned into archer in the span of 80 years because it's it's not the same tv show but like it's pretty close. It's pretty, and, and like uh, the heart of it is. <laughs> and so much of Archer is inspired by Get Smart, of course, right? Uh, in the same way that so much of End Benedict <laughs> is inspired by his idea of beginning Benedict, right? Yep. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so we had Get Smart. Yep. Um, Three's Company. Three's Company. Cheers. Seinfeld entourage and then either archer or how i met your mother depending depending on how you feel about ted mosby (laughs) (laughs) i feel strongly i know about ted mosby this is not and it's not positive that's right (laughs) (laughs) um okay but that i like that i like that arc a lot and i think that take on benedict is really cool um my yeah what about what about beatrice tell me tell me her tragic so i think that it's for me i took mid play and i think it's a a much easier or like clearer uh moment of the play it required far less depth of thinking than yours did um (laughs) but i think her her um speech in the church after benedict said no i will not kill my best friend sorry um her you know eat his heart in the marketplace uh, god that i were a man like that to me is one of the most one of the the most powerful grief moments in all of shakespeare because it's not mourning a death it's um not like she knows hero isn't dead she it's not some one that she has lost it is she is mourning her opportunity and she is mourning any semblance of power or control over this world that is not built for her and that's kind of where i went for the sitcoms i chose um taking it as her ideal um i really focused on sitcoms with strong leading women and i know that'll surprise absolutely no one who's ever heard my voice speak (laughs) so basically your idea is like she says something. She says like, "I cannot be a man with wishing. Therefore, mm-hmm. I will die a woman with grieving." And boom. Yeah, that's like what that, the hex. The hex spreads from there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That is her. That is her resignation of like defeat and uh, loss and everything. And oh, I just I get real shaky when I talk about this because I love it so much. Um, so I think we jump. A lot of my list is going to be a lot more obvious. I think. Um. But we start with I Love Lucy in the 50s. We have to. Right. When you talk about, because uh, Beatrice at her heart is a comedian. Like, she is witty. She is strong. She is powerful. She is funny AF. She is so funny. Yeah. And in in my
my arc, I didn't focus on her relationship with Benedict quite so much because I think that she, in that moment, that is not even on her mind. Like she isn't sure. even grieving the fact that she's lost this potential husband or love or whatever, even though that's how the conversation started. Um, because I think it's more than that. And so looking at Lucy and looking at her strength and just what it did for breaking every single rule of tv and women and comedy like lucille ball is uh, they're like groundbreaking is a is a stupid word for what she did <laughs> you know like uh it's a dumb word what i love about that too is that it implies that Hero and Claudio are Fred and Ethel? They totally are. No, so Hero. So I was thinking about this because Hero is absolutely her Ethel because she would do literally anything. Beatrice said, "If Beatrice was like go to the moon, she would be like, all right, like let me let me find a spacesuit, and <laughs> like there would be a whole episode of her like trying to find a like, you know, she would do anything, and." there is a a strong emotional bond between them that it's not an advantageous relationship for Beatrice. She doesn't take advantage of Hero. She genuinely cares for her and trusts her. But like, oh, the shenanigans they'd get into when Beatrice is leading the way, right? If they had the opportunity to go out. Um, so I think that those relationships and looking at benedict as a ricky ricardo type is so fun to me because he is impossibly charming and so stubborn and so frustrating and his job is <laughs> leading a group sure right? sure like yeah i didn't take it that far but that is absolutely true well yeah your subject was beatrice <laughs> yeah that's right but like he is he is so... let me make it about the man <laughs> Can we just, can we take a minute? I know the man went first and I know he already got all of his and none of them featured his partner. You're right. No, can you we mentioned. Make it, can you, we make it about Benedict? So he's super charming. You love him and you want to punch him in the nose so many times. There are so many times where you're like, just listen to her. Like, <laughs> just listen um clear up this miscommunication and we'll all be on a better page but i just think that i know it's like a really easy answer but i love lucy is absolutely the first place she goes sure so then this is where it gets a little spicy so bear with me um my 60s sitcom is the adams family okay mm -hmm. because if we are what does she want she wants um us she wants power in a way that like she is in control of her sexuality of her situation we know that she has you know there's there's history with with benedict whatever that means in shakespearean time there is an indication of a previous either romantic relationship or whatever it was. And just the idea of that before marriage or the thought of that happening in a non-courting way, I think says a lot about Beatrice's ownership of her own sexuality. And that really drove a lot of my, my choices through this arc because I think that's what she desperately wants. Because when you are a woman frustrated with a woman's place in the world, the one thing you have power over is 
you know, the way that you navigate the world as a woman. Like, and I think ownership of your sexuality is a huge way that women can, uh, or at least like the representation on TV, like it was a way that they could have power. And I think Morticia is queen of this. And she sure. has a husband who would literally die for her, who would kill Claudio. <laughs> Gomez would kill the shit out of Claudio. He would be like, right. yes, I will. Gladly. Gladly. He would eat it up. Um, and so I think that unconditional support and her ability to be herself truly and fully without any judgment, um, you know, the outside world sees that as the outside world sees the Adams family as like freaks and weirdos and what are they doing? And I think that a lot of that is internalized for Beatrice because she is a strong unmarried woman. So it's almost like she's been outcast in a way that this entire family has been. Also, not really like just internalized, also externally <laughs> said multiple times at the start of the play, right? Uh, from basically yeah. everyone with a with a speaking part. Uh don't mind her. She's just, that's just Beatrice doing her Beatrice thing. She's the weird one. You must forgive my niece. Like <laughs> there's a there's a merry war. She's you know, um. So I think that that's why I chose the Adams family because I think Morticia is everything that Beatrice wants to own about herself and wants to have as the support around her. Her whole unit being on her level and on her page, and then like just that kind of dynamic with the outside world looking in is why I chose that one. Plus I really love the Adams family. So I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, it's, it's not a huge stretch, right? Uh, their family credo is we gladly feast on those who would subdue us. Right. Uh, yeah. Which like, uh, uh-huh. let me, let me draw this straight line. Uh, <laughs> yep. So that was the only one that was kind of out of left field a little bit. The okay. rest are going to be, I think, pretty straightforward. Mary Tyler Moore. Of course. In the 70s. Like, you don't get strong, independent woman uh, like Mary don't Tyler Moore. Don't need no Moore. man. She does not need a man. And I think that's where Beatrice's arc goes. You know, she has this. She has the Lucy. She has the Adams family. She has this family um, unit. But what she really wants is to be successful and loved. And love doesn't have to come from... A husband love comes from hero it comes from her ability to to shine in a world that um you know to m make her way in the world today taking everything she's got um i don't know if that's actually the mary tyler moore theme song or not uh but it popped into my head close enough uh what is it cheers oh <laughs> talking about i said i almost did cheers that's right that's um right. <laughs> sorry mary tyler moore fans sorry mom mom if you're listening i know that's probably the most disappointing thing i've ever done in my life um don't worry we'll sing the mary tyler moore theme song later uh let's go to the 80s uh because i think mary tyler moore speaks for herself um and now we are transitioning you had your like boy gangs your bro posses yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, golden girls oh sure and I think that all, she, you know, all she wants is, like I said, um, love, to be loved, to feel safe, to feel like she's surrounded by people who understand her and can be on her, you know, intellectual and emotional level. Um, and so for this one and for the next one, I had to do, I actually took a which golden girls, which golden girl are you quiz um, <laughs> as Beatrice, which let's be honest, dear listeners, it was just as me. 
I just, they were just all my answers. And I was like, yeah, Beatrice would definitely want to go to Paris. <laughs> she would definitely choose pizza for a date night out. Um, <laughs> so, but I think that, I think Beatrice is Sophia. She's a spitfire. She um, ran away from something she didn't want. She was able to free herself from a situation that she didn't want to be in. She, a person she didn't want to marry. Um, and she found her own way to happiness and she found, you know, she is the, she is spit and fire and, um, underneath it all has such a loving heart. Um, and like is so supportive and, and kind and also like pretty baddie, you know? Sure. <laughs> so I don't know if you have a different opinion. Uh, she strikes me as a Blanche. So Blanche was, I almost, <laughs> I like, did almost go with Blanche. Uh, I, I just, you know, I'm not a huge Golden Girls. <laughs> I'm no, you know, I'm no Tony P. Henderson, <laughs> uh, but who is? Tony, let us know if we're right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Blanche, I almost went with Blanche. But I think there's a little bit more um, in terms of like character history. Sure. That's kind of why I went with Sophia. That's fair. Um, listeners for feedback we, this isn't a battle this isn't a competition episode so like wait what <laughs> what am I doing here <laughs> please feel free to be like no 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 she's definitely uh whatever um, but we get into of course the 90s uh, another four person girl, girl four, woo, four person girl group uh, sex in the city Okay. And again, I think it's, I think the heart of Sex in the City is just the Golden Girls, but like younger and with more sex and more city. <laughs> I don't know if there is more sex. <laughs> like, listen, definitely. I've never, <laughs> I've never watched Golden Girls or Sex in the City enough to tell, uh, but I do feel like there's a lot of sex in both of them. I mean, one has it in the title, right? But I, <laughs> I don't think necessarily that there's more in one or the other. So, so here's my here's my justification. I think that Golden Girls feels like the right place for Beatrice. She feels like an old lady who, like, <laughs> in her heart, you know, Sex in the City on the surface to me feels like everything Beatrice would be against everything she would hate everything. And I think that a lot of an outside view of sex in the city is that it's just like, Oh, four rich girls parading around New York city, drinking brunch and doing men. And, <laughs> and I think that the deeper level of that show and like, I have not, I'm not a sex in the city expert by any means. Um, but I do think that there's so much more uh, women supporting women in that show that Beatrice would like find in Golden Girls and seek out uh, a spunkier version of. I know spunkier is not the right word, but like refreshed. Yeah, yeah. Also, do they call those people sexperts in the city? I don't. I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, that uh, listeners, you let us know. Um, but I think she would seek out that camaraderie and that like freedom of being four strong, independent women who are so free to live their lives in a way that is like very judged. 
by a lot of people. Um, again, kind of the same arc as the Adams family, uh, but like their hearts are most of the time in the right <laughs> in the right place. And I think she would start to seek out that um, that camaraderie and that support system. Sure. This is her kind of coming through the grief to like find the people she can rely on. Is exactly. That... Exactly. Uh, and then in the 2000s, she becomes a, a boss lady uh, in the sincere struggling way that <laughs> she always has been. And that is 30 Rock. Perfect. She is Tracy um, Jordan. <laughs> no <laughs> uh she is i think liz lemon is a little bit more um a little bit more awkward than i would like this journey to have ended um uh, but like she is unapologetically herself she is funny she's brilliant um she is independent she uh you know goes through some stuff and i think that this like finding her niche in that world is is where beatrice ends up and again that's kind of a parallel uh 30 rock is a i guess liz lemon is a modern day mary tyler moore she is a mogul in her industry with all of the ups and downs that that uh carries with it do you not see her taking 30 rock and making herself jack um i i i don't i see her making herself tracy jordan more than i see her (laughs) making herself jack because i think that i don't think his power is what she wants like i don't think she wants like money and status i think she wants freedom to be good at what she's good at if that makes sense and i think that's the struggle that liz lemon goes through in that show is that she is good and has a lot of trouble like being in that man's world but like she's who we're rooting for sure um if you're if you don't watch 30 rock and root for liz lemon why are you watching that show fair um and i think that's the position that beatrice is in i guess it's kind of your ted mosby thing because like i guess like now that i that now that you've said that like yeah we don't really all want to be liz lemon because right. she's on the struggle bus like to me if i if i picture beatrice and she's like wish casting herself yeah she's putting benedict as liz lemon <laughs> and just like beating the shit out of uh, beating the stuffing out of him all the time right like yeah but i don't I guess I just don't think that's what she wants. Sure. Like, I think her, like I said, I think that she wants to be, and I know that, I know it's not a perfect, I guess, dreamcast because, like, there is a lot of struggle. There's a lot more struggle than, but it does feel very, like, real. Sure. It helps her come back into the scene. Kind of the same way that Wanda in the Modern Family episode is not doing great. Right. Like, it kind of, like, is a more realistic her life, but in a time where she has a little bit more power to be herself. Sure. I love that. Yeah. So like, that's kind of like the, that makes sense. The circle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it really isn't like, no one is like, I want to wake up tomorrow and be 
Liz Lemon. Um. <laughs> I mean, I take Liz Lemon over myself most days of the week. Let's. Be I want to wake up tomorrow and be Tina Fey, but that's that's her her night her 2000 sitcom is just Tina Fey. She's <laughs> that's her arc. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think it starts to that's when it starts to fall apart, and maybe that's your Ted Mosby argument too, is that that's when it's starting to kind of hit more of a come down reality. Sure. Than uh than like keeping up that yeah he wakes up and he realizes he's not barney yeah yeah exactly wait 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 i thought i was the cool guy mm-hmm. oh i'm not beatrice help, <laughs> <laughs> help me. um yeah so yeah so i love lucy adam's family mary tyler moore golden girls sex in the city 30 rock i i would watch either of these shows i would too um, um marvel Disney, give us a call. <laughs> Will Wright. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not Marvel. No. Because th- there's no Marvel characters. <laughs> Shakespeare, give us a call. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare. Get off get off your ass and give us a ring. You know, during the pandemic, Shakespeare wrote King Lear, so... <laughs> um, Thank you, Mike, for doing this. I really loved getting to go back through you know uh, 90 years of sitcoms and 400 years of Shakespeare it feels weird for you not to end an episode with like okay listeners tell us what you think okay listeners (laughs) tell us what I just hadn't gotten there yet wow um well because you said this wasn't a competition and so like yeah no you're right how can I win (laughs) listeners um tell us who's a Disney Plus series you would rather watch. Would you rather watch uh, Benedict, <laughs> Benedict's Journey um, or would you rather watch Beatrice's? I know all of your answers are going to be Beatrice, so like it really just feels unfair to put that competition on you. Um, but let us know anyway. And if you have a character um, who you feel like deserves that WandaVision treatment, you're like, I want to see this character get to go through their, their hex bubble. Um, we had tossed around McDuff as feeling like the character that legitimately loses, <laughs> objectively loses the most. Um, and then I made a bunch of sad faces yeah. because like, I didn't want to be sad tonight. <laughs> and so I'm really grateful though. We got to do two comedy characters instead. Yeah, that's fair. And they, yeah. Um, but if there's a character you want to see, get this treatment, what are the sitcoms that you want to see them in? Who's the character? What's the moment of grief that you feel explodes that hex out into the, uh, multiverse? Uh, let us know. And we, uh, thank you all for listening. I know this was a, an out of, um, out of regular, (laughs) I don't know, episode, but we had a lot of fun doing it and we hope you had a lot of fun listening. Yeah, if you want to hear more about what I do, uh, you can do that. Uh, I have a show called Ask the Pokedexpert where I talk about, you know, uh, if Pokemon were real. And I pretend like I'm an expert in Pokemon. Uh, spoilers, y'all. I don't know anything about Pokemon. Wow. Uh, in universe, <laughs> I am the best. Also, every Wednesday night, uh, I do a talk show that's basically The View uh, with four of my podcasting friends from Dragon Con and the Atlanta area and uh, the, the podcast sphere. Uh, it's called Almost Daily Discourse. 
Uh, it's a podcast for pondering. You can find that at twitch.tv slash almost daily pod. Yeah. And together we do a D&D show, a D&D podcast called Adventure Incorporated. And we are starting our second season at the start of April. So this is a perfect time if you like D&D, which surprisingly the crossover between Shakespeare and D&D is huge. It is a it is like huge Venn diagram with a big, big spot in the middle. It's a circle. It's just a circle. Um we are, uh, you can find that anywhere you find podcasts and we're starting our next season. So it's going to be a really fun new chance to get to know our new characters. So that's Adventure Incorporated and AdventureIncPod.com. Thanks so much for having me on, Steph. This was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. This was amazing. Thank you all for listening. Um, we will see you next week. Let's get dinner. Serious business.